Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and another episode for you all this week as I get to sit down with Mr. Scott Dunham of Nocturnality Gear, a custom night vision company. If you guys have been following me for a while now here, you know that I got into night vision uh, a little while ago, picked up my first PVS-14, picked up a D-Ball A3, which is an aiming laser, right? And since then have been, you know, slowly building on my knowledge and and expounding, uh, you know, my exposure, if you will, right, to different concepts within the discussion of night vision. So uh, moving under night vision in and of itself is a huge undertaking just because the way your brain processes the two images, one under nods, one not, and things like that. So uh, really just an awesome opportunity to sit down with Scott and pick his brain about night vision and where it's come in the last, you know, 25 years even. And we get into all kinds of interesting things that I I had no idea we would get into. You know, we talk about the different generations of night vision and, you know, uh, the Gen 2 versus Gen 3. And then you know, we even get into how, you know, how old Gen 3 really is. We all talk about how Gen 3 is basically what you have to have. But when you look in the, the grand scope of things, you know, Gen 3 night vision is, you know, 25 years old. And, and, you know, you really start to go, wow, okay, so we really haven't seen, I mean, we have seen advances, but we haven't, it's a great, it's a great conversation. And, and honestly, if you're somebody who is on the fence about getting into buying, uh, you know, your first tube or tubes, if you want to get binos, right. Uh, and you just, you don't know where to start or where to go after you purchase it, you know, this is going to be a great conversation for, for you. And you'll probably learn quite a bit. Um, and I know this because I've been through it myself very recently, and I also have, you know, pretty good friends that I train with who have just recently bought their first uh, PVS-14 and had a lot of questions after that. You know, like, hey, I bought it. Now what? What else do I need? What what do I look for? Where can I cut corners? You know, sadly, you can't really, but, um, you know, there's there's still, there's so many questions out there and so many things that, that are just uncertain. So we get into a whole bunch of stuff really happy to be able to sit down and grab some of Scott's time. Before I get on over to the conversation with Mr. Dunham, I do need to say thank you as always to our presenting sponsors here at The Prepared Mindset. We work with some really badass companies, very, very fortunate for the partnerships that we have and got to give them a shout out. So first, let's all say thank you to Midwest Gunworks. You guys, if you haven't checked out MidwestGunWorks.com, they keep in stock all kinds of parts and components. Uh, you know, if you're building an AR, right, or upgrading an AR, barrels, upper receivers, lower receivers, whether they're full, uh, you know, complete build, built out uppers and lowers, or literally just the receiver itself, bolt carrier groups, stocks and furniture, they have tons of parts. And guys, you can use prepared mindset as your discount code to save 5% off your order. Head over, pick up some magazines. If you're looking for a, you know, a flashlight or an optic, uh, these guys have been in business since 1997. They're not going anywhere. They're really great about letting you know what's in stock, what's been discontinued, things like that. So you know when you place your order, unlike some websites, you're actually going to be getting what you order. Again, it's MidwestGunWorks.com. You guys use discount code Prepared Mindset. Save yourself five percent off the order. Go pick up some. Go pick up oof, uh, some new gear. Help support the mindset and save yourself some dough. Also. Thank you to 100 Concepts. Guys, Garrett, Pierce, and Jonah over at 100 Concepts are 
real dudes, man. They are really doing good work over there. Just had the conversation uh, with another friend today about how awesome their, their scope caps are and their light caps. Guys, they have some really, really innovative products out there that are at a really low and attainable price point that's going to make all of us more effective. You guys head over to 100concepts.com. Check out what they got going on. I personally just went over there. I got a Rain 3.0 light from Cloud Defensive. They got a bunch of those in stock in Flat Dark Earth. Go grab one of those. And when you're there, you can grab one of their large light caps to go with it. Make sure you have super powerful light and a cap to make sure that you know you don't break your rules of camouflage and, and give yourself away. Their company motto is do good, be dangerous, live free, 100 concepts. Head on over to the website and check them out today. Also, thank you to the team over at LARP Labs. Guys, head to LARPLabs.com and check out the computer-cut vinyl that John and his team have designed and put together to wrap your optics, your lasers, your handheld lights. I know that, you know, everyone's into painting their rifles, and at some point, you know, hopefully soon here, I will be too. However, you talk about things like the cloud three point, the cloud defensive rain 3.0. You talk about your aim point optics. You talk about some of these, you know, uh, LPVOs and things, and you worry about warranties. If you haven't painted before, it's a concern. I know it is for me. Check out LARP Labs computer cut vinyls. This is 3M durable vinyl wrapping. It's not just some cheap sticker. It's not going to peel. It's not going to leave a sticky residue or fall off with age. It's rated for three years outdoor for God's sake. Head over to LARPLabs.com. You can use the discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 10% off when you pick up some custom computer-cut vinyls for your handheld lights, uh, your weapon lights, whatever you need, even your PVS-14, whatever you need. LARPLabs.com. John and team have you set. Go check it out. And then finally, have to say thank you to the team over at Active Carry. Guys, ActiveCarryTech.com is your one-stop shop for all of your medical kit needs. That's ActiveCarryTech with no H, T-E-C, ActiveCarryTech.com. PMP10 is a discount code for 10% off your order. So whether you're picking up just a couple tourniquets, because you can't ever have enough. I have at least nine of them around here, and there's always reason to have more whether you need some gauze or you're looking for a full medical kit. Maybe you just bought a new camper or an RV for the summer that's getting ready to come around the corner and you need to have a multi-person med kit there. Go check out something like their Gamma Kit. If you're looking for a personal IFAC kit, maybe it's something like their Blazer. Maybe you can't find what you're looking for. They still have you covered with their custom kit builder tool. And guys, they are pledging. They are moving forward with as many American-made components and products coming to you instead of foreign made, you know, crap, they're bringing you American made products. That is their initiative announced just a couple months ago. Awesome, awesome company doing great work and bringing you guys just top line components. Head on over to activecarrytech.com. Again, discount code PMP10 to save you 10% off. Now, like I said, Great guest this week, Mr. Scott Dunham of Nocturnality Gear. We get into all sorts of things about night vision, uh, pick his brain a little bit about lasers, and you know, unfortunately, the limitations that we have uh, on the civilian side for getting into laser aiming technology. Uh, you know, talk about all sorts of stuff. You know, he shares some experiences about his you know personal end use of. Uh, night vision and even some use cases you may not even be aware of so maybe you know some of that stuff that you do outside of the gun world this may be a multi-use purchase for you if you're looking at getting into 
a PVS 14, uh, you know, or, or binos or, or, you know, quad tubes, if you ball hard, I don't know. Uh, but great discussion, you know, lots of information here. I think you guys are really going to dig it. Let's get on over to my conversation, conversation. Good God. With Mr. Scott Dunham of Nocturnality Gear. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Austin. Glad to be here. Dude, I am excited to be able to have a conversation. Uh, you know, we had Duncan on the pod a couple months back, but have another conversation with somebody like you guys really that that knows about night vision. Um, I think there's just there's so much out there, right? It's such a deep topic, and it might just be me because I just bought some, but I feel like it is picking up rapidly. Um, people are like adopting it. People are no longer shying away from it because of the point of entry and, and price and things like that. Sure. Um, so, uh, somebody who's, who's kind of knows the industry and, and knows the ins and outs. I uh, really, really happy to have you on man. Um, and to that point, uh, why don't we just start and have you introduce yourself, uh, to the, the listeners and talk a little bit about what you got going on. All right. Yeah. Hey everybody. Uh, my name's Scott Dunham. Uh, I own a company called Nocturnality. We're a night vision. Uh, we call we refer to ourselves as a custom night vision shop. Uh, we do some distribution on some non-custom OEM night vision stuff. We tend to stay pretty uh, in one lane with you know in the world of NV thermal, um, not too heavy on getting into other firearms related accessories through the business, but obviously through application, sure. Um, but that's not really our thing. So we're we're pretty much focused on. Uh, the specific, you know, detailed area of night vision, you know, building, assembling custom units for, for customers and all that stuff. So how did you, uh, how did you get to that point? Like the, cause you said custom and now I'm starting to think like, oh, okay. So you're like taking these things apart and swapping stuff out. And I know I've seen on some pages before guys are like, they, they post about doing it themselves. So yeah, I think I'll swap it out my tube for this or whatever, upgrading my housing. And I'm like, yep. dude, I would, I would die. I would, there's no way I would ever have the courage to, to take a screwdriver or something to my, you know, and I just have a PVS 14. Um, how did you end up doing this? Yeah. The, the thing about night vision is, um, you know, night vision technology, the, the underlying technology is incredibly, you know, there's a whole technical layer to it that, um, you don't necessarily have to delve into or understand really to reap the benefit, but, you know, that's the image intensification side where the magic happens, but night vision, you know, systems that we all purchase and use, you know, a complete product, those are assembled from parts. And it's not that they're super complex um, or technically challenging necessarily. I mean, there are certainly some ins and outs, but mainly it's just the stakes are high, man. You don't want to, you know, these are multi-thousand dollar, you know, in many cases yeah. upwards of five figure, you know, things. And that's just not something, even if you could work on it, that's not something that you're, you know, going to just most people anyways, are just going to be comfortable doing. You don't, you know, the common um, uh, saying or, or or phrase around this is, you know, it, when was the last time you wanted to, I don't know, take apart and, and service and customize like, you know, your, your day optic, like your night force or something like that. You know, it just doesn't really happen. Yeah. yeah no. There's, there's, there's no real need to um, it's, it's definitely better left to professionals. Not that there's not a hobbyist element to it. Um, but, you know, especially for that first time user, first time buyer. Yeah, man, just, you know, we'll, we'll let us handle it or let somebody else handle it. It'll, it'll go probably a lot better. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, oh, and then, and I, then is how, is, how has I got into it? I, I totally yeah. ignored that whole part of the question. Um, <laughs> it's all, it's yeah. 
uh, well, we were talking before and, uh, you know, I am, uh, I don't consider myself anybody special. You know, I don't have a background in, in law enforcement and military. Although funnily enough, I think Duncan, you mentioned, uh, He's one of more than I, I think at least three people in the night vision industry have been like, oh, yeah, you're a cop, right? No, I'm, I'm not a cop. I don't know where that started. Um, Maybe you just have that look. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like the rumor got around somehow and it just, you know, no, that's not me. Um, so I don't have any like, you know, pr prior professional background as a user uh, of night vision. Um, I'm a, a, a very long time enthusiast user of night vision. I started when the world of night vision was just so incredibly different. It's almost, it's almost wild really uh, compared to where we are today. That, that was back when your options were, I mean, we were all pretty much just doing um, surplus military, you know, uh, you know, buyback, fall off the back of the truck, all that type of stuff. Um, PBS 14s, you know, monos ruled the day, the PBS seven, which, you know, still only uses one, two, but two mm -hmm. um, projects to two eyes. Uh, PVS 15s were just starting to become like, you know, something that you could maybe get, uh, which is a dual tube system. That's really not, I mean, you still see them out there, but they're really not, um, supported or sold widely anymore. And then, um, I mean, that was, there was a goggle called the Sentinel, um, which was one of the earliest like commercial market things. And there was the night vision devices, BNVD, which is actually a product we still sell. Um, I mean, that was like, that was it. And, and 90% of it was PBS 14s, man. So I'm just somebody that's um, a firearms enthusiast and, you know, shooting, um, you know, training uh, classes, all that stuff. It's kind of, you know, night vision is kind of like the, at the top of that sort of food pyramid, if you will, of firearms um, stuff and firearms interests, you know, suppressors are somewhere along there and other stuff. And then, yeah. you know, night vision is at the top, probably just because of the expense level, really. It's not because it's anything, you know, uh, that technically complex or anything like that. But, um, so that's, you know, I just kind of came up, you know, uh, into that, um, at an earlier stage than, you know, a lot of the market today and have been using it a long time. And eventually, um, it, it was a small community, you know, it was a real small community for a long time. And you didn't have to do a whole lot of kind of trading and buying and trying out different things for, to, you know, to make connections with people that were involved in it professionally. And, uh, you know, actually really how it happened was, um, eventually, I guess, you know, some, some people who were already in the industry, um, doing custom night vision, you know, assembly and, and sales and stuff kind of just noticed in some of the communities online, you know, uh, I was pretty active in, you know, just buying and buying units and trading stuff around as well as like talking with other people and, you know, discussions and trying to help people out and share experiences and stuff that, you know, eventually I was approached and asked if I would, you know, would ever be interested in um, working for a company like that or, or selling night vision technology on behalf of a manufacturer or something oh, like wow. that. And it, it wasn't something I considered, you know, initially. And then eventually, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, you could kind of um, take one of your passions and, and, and make it, you know, uh, um, you know, investment or, or, or an income stream or, you know, just, just a business, you know, make more of your, you know, of what you're into. And, and that did sound appealing. So, that's really how it started. Um, it was very different. This started in 2019 and, uh, you know, which isn't that long ago. Um, but is even, even just four years ago, it was very different then than it is even today. Yeah. There's, there's been, I mean, it's, it's like an explosive amount of growth. I would say in probably the last, and this is just from my casual observation, uh, in the last five years, I would say you see so many companies that <clears throat> have just like popped up and they, either they sell or they resell night vision or they they are a custom night vision shop. And it's really uh, become something I think that people are starting to realize it's, it's more, 
it's more accessible than you think. Now it's still the price barrier still exists. And I don't think that that is going to go away anytime soon. Actually. Um, I, I think it might actually get worse because there's not really like a major war going on. I don't think so that these companies are going to be, you know, pumping this stuff out. So maybe prices go up. I don't, I don't know. That's just my kind of like, you know, thousand mile, uh, you know, overhead observation. Um, but I think that people are starting to realize like, Hey, I can, I can get one of these. And if I just, you know, cut out some of the excess expenses here and there, uh, from, you know, start the beginning of the year by the end of the year, I mean, cause I'll be okay. Right. I mean, cause you can get into a PVS 14. I mean, uh, I mean, they start around what $1,500 all the way up to, I don't know. I've seen about four, four grand, you know, depending on what really what you want, I think, um, which is kind of a loaded question because I think most people that are looking to get into their first unit have no idea yep. uh, what they want and they have no idea. I know personally I sat uh, and bugged a friend on uh, Instagram messenger for like 45 minutes uh, picking through stuff going, dude, w- what about this one? Is this, is this it? Do you think this is good? Uh, and I still largely have no idea what a lot of that stuff means other than it, you know, there's certain ranges you want to look for and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the barrier to entry is, it's just, it, it, you know, if you imagine it as like a doorway, whereas before it was a pretty narrow doorway, um, you know, now it's, it's very wide. That doesn't mean that you will necessarily spend less money, but you could, uh, now, now you can spend less money, you know, for, for different types of setups, but what most people still, what most people gravitate towards and end up realizing what works for them and they want is still a fairly expensive endeavor. And those solutions, um, they have gotten marginally cheaper, but really what's changed and kind of, it's more of an, a manipulation of, pricing over time based on the infrastructure of the market. The infrastructure of the market is now, you know, leaps and bounds more um, established and, you know, just has evolved a lot to where, um, you know, there have been periods of, of maybe some lower pricing, some higher pricing and and pricing still fluctuates a lot, Um, but it's, it's not so much. We're only just now actually seeing in 2023 and late, late last year, like, you know, the effects of like inflation and component costs rising. um, And that is, to a degree taking prices yeah higher for sure on certain especially on certain you know aspects of it but uh yeah i mean it's there's there's a night vision solution you know for essentially for every budget now or at least pretty close to it but the thing is is that uh most people will ultimately end up gravitating only towards kind of one set of solutions and those are still very expensive and they probably always will be yeah no i mean uh, and it, it's just, it's something I, th- I think, you know, if you set us, if you, if you set your mind to it, like, Hey, I'm going to get this right. And understand that it's going to be like buying your first car. And that, I mean, cause the cost is probably similar <laughs> and you know, yeah. you're just going to have to make some sacrifices along the way and, and set that money aside. Um, it's not that bad. You know, I thought for sure I'd be feeling the sting for months and months and months. I really didn't. Honestly, I was just a little bit, I was pretty smart about it. I just waited yeah. out towards, you know, like Black Friday sales, you know, like be smart about it. Don't make a dumb decision in like, I would say probably midsummer. Well, no, 4th of July is kind of big in the industry. So maybe, I don't know, one of those times where there's not sales, don't just like do a knee jerk thing and drop, you know, $3,500 where you could find a good sale. that saves you seven, 800 bucks. Um, <clears throat> it goes a long way. But um, I think, you know, a lot of people are starting to take the step into 
getting that first setup, whether it's like the uh, political climate or things that are going on and people just want to have access to it, or um, maybe they're just seeing enough of their friends do it and understand like it really is attainable. There, There's enough people out there that want to step into their first PVS 14 or, you know, if, if they have access to, you know, additional funds, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, binos or something like that. I don't think anybody's jumping first time into quad tubes. Um, that seems a little <laughs> bit, uh, you know, over the top, but yeah. I mean, if you get the money, I guess, you know, right. do what makes you happy. Right. So, yeah, the, well, ahead, I was going to comment on, you know, the, the, the catalyzation of, you know, the, the market, um, you know, it really is a lot of it. it it's been, it's kind of like suppress where suppressors were um, maybe, six or eight years ago, like there've been yeah. years of steady, steady growth, but you know, this is just kind of incremental, you know, it's, it's growing a little bit every year, um, a healthy amount every year. And that was, that was night vision prior to 2019. And then, uh, and then, you know, COVID basically, um, you, you really can like point directly to it just radical political changes resulting from the pandemic, uh, that really just, you know, changed people's outlook. And that affected the whole firearms industry, of course, but night vision for sure. I mean, because really, night, like I said, you know, I, I alluded to kind of like that food pyramid of um, kind of like firearms culture and, and technology and, and gear, you know, kit or whatever, and, and night vision kind of being at the top of it. Well, when when a lot of that stuff came to pass, like people had been moving, I think the majority of, of or, or a lot at least of, of the gun industry has kind of been progressing up that food period uh, pyramid collectively like with body armor and suppressors and things like that um and uh and it just catalyzed people to move faster up up that pyramid and some people just jumped all the way up to the top you know initially they were like oh my gosh you know we're the world's See, falling apart and, and it's time that's now, what so. i should have done is i should have just hoarded those stupid stimulus checks that we all got because I, I worked through through the pandemic i was one of those people who was fortunate enough to do that so yeah. that was like pay off bill money or like you know set it aside for like a half bath remodel that took like a year longer than it should have i'm not proud but uh, i should have just hoarded <laughs> it and like bought night vision i did get a helmet you know i got a bump helmet and everything but i should have just like collected all of that together i probably could have gotten like a like a low end, uh, you know, pair of binos or something out of that, you know, but I guess that's the, the beauty of hindsight, right. <laughs> Is that, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I probably would have done things a little bit different. Um, but when people are now getting into these first, uh, and we were talking about this a little bit, you know, offline before we started here, people are starting to get into that first setup and there's just so many questions, even aside from like the, I'll, I'll call them stats. I don't know if there's a better term for it when you're, when you're picking out the unit itself, right. Yeah. The values and everything, mm -hmm. but even once you get it right and you got it in your hand and like life is great and you spent all this money and it's awesome. And you realize you have no way to mount it. You have no way to carry it. You have no idea what anything else is or, 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 or why. So what are some of the things, let me ask as someone who, who probably encounters a lot of these problems and questions with people day in and day out. Right. What are some of the first things you tell people to do when they get into night vision? First things to do. Well, um, you know, we try to take a, and this is not unique to us. Um, good, good night vision retailers tend to, you know, let the customer drive. And um, I've talked already about firearms, you know, culture and things like that. That's, that's definitely the biggest part of the market, but it's not the only part. Um, so there's different use cases for night vision. When you really take a step back and, you know, and and this 
relates also to the, you know, potential legislative side of things, you know, anything that's used in conjunction, you know, with firearms is always a target for, you know, yeah. possible, you know, bans and, and legislation, right? Exactly. So, but really when you take a step back, I mean, this is just something that lets you, you know, see when you couldn't see. So how do you apply that is really, you know, it's, we try to let the customer drive a little bit because we have some, we have a pretty diverse customer base. Um, there's definitely some pockets where there's more, you know, more, commonality in certain groups than others, but, you know, like we're serving, um, you know, you have kind of like your, uh, Milsim crowd, you know, that's, that's now wanting to replicate, you know, kind of the, uh, the whole own the night era of, of, you know, modern warfare. Um, there's also the, uh, you know, and that kind of overlaps with like, you know, the preparedness crowd and, and, uh, kind of like, you know, firearms culture. Uh, but there's also like, you know, astrophotography and astronomy, you know, we have, that that's a very specific set of considerations for, you know, selecting what night vision you want. Um, you know, and there's all kind of these manner of, you know, kind of other recreational activities that you can, you know, now do with the ability to see in the dark hiking. Um, e-biking has gotten pretty big. Uh, even like some watercraft, um, you know, stuff is, uh, wow. you know, we hear about people, you know, driving their boats at night and stuff or, or night fishing, stuff like that. So, you know, there are, there is a wide range of applications, you know, first stuff to do a lot of times is, you know, just get out there and like, and when I say out there, I mean, out, ideally outside, right? But that's not even the, the case for for everybody's first time looking through their own night vision yeah. device. A lot of times, of course, it's in the basement or whatever, because UPS delivered it at three o'clock in the day and you don't want to wait until it gets dark. Um, exactly. But let's, let's just say exactly go outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, the bathroom or something. Uh, go outside. Um turn, you know, turn it on and, uh, kind of like a firearm, but pointed in a safe direction as far as light goes, uh, when you turn it on, but, you know, just, just kind of soak it in and, and, uh, without all of the preconceptions about, you know, like you said, the stats, um, two tube specs, uh, you know, what would the, the price you paid? Did I get a good deal? Like it, you let all that just like, you can think about that in a little bit, but just like enjoy the sheer magic that is, image intensification technology based on a photo cathode and, and micro channel plate. Uh, and like, look at the stars, man. Like that is honestly, if, if I were to tell somebody, you know, what's the first thing you should do, hopefully it's a starry, you know, a clear night, look at the stars like that will seeing that will change your life. If you've never like had the privilege of being out somewhere where there's not a lot of light pollution and you can just see naturally a lot of stars, like with night vision, doesn't matter where you're at. You can see them you know, as long as there's no clouds in the way, like you'll be, you'll get a great view. And I mean, that'll just like really let you appreciate and, and kind of take that whole, like the buyer mindset now is, you know, immediately to be like, well, I hope I didn't get screwed or I hope I got a good deal or whatever. And we tell people like, you know, just hang on to that thought for just a second. And just, you know, how does it, how does it feel to you? Like, does it, does the image look good? Like, does, is this meeting your expectations, all that stuff, just kind of enjoy it for a little bit. And then you can get into, you know, technical stuff and, you know, check, checking out all your buddies' tubes, specs, and like, you know, how they compare and stuff. And that's all good things to do as well. Just yeah. maybe not the first thing. No, but I mean, like, it, it's good to, like, what you said there is, is exactly it. You know, I, I remember, yes, I mean, as soon as I got it, I, like a dork, I ran down to my basement because it was, uh, it's like 1230. Oh, totally <laughs> natural, man. Yeah, totally. And I was like, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I work remote and I uh, usually go to the, the gym on lunch, but I, like stayed home and everything. I'm like, nope, I know what's coming today. I'm going to skip yep. the gym. I, you know, I'm going to be here for it and everything. And like a total goober ran down the basement and like just holding it up and running around and everything. Um, but 
you know, uh, even just a couple weeks ago for the first time, took my wife just out in the backyard. I'm like, here, you have to, you have to experience this. Like, you know, yes, this is, this is really cool. And even she, and she's very supportive about a lot of this stuff, but even, you know, going through it, she was like, is now really the right time? Do you have any friends that have night vision? Does it make sense? You know, like go ahead and do it if you want, but you know, does it make sense? And having her look through it is total, total difference of opinion. This is really cool. Totally worth it. Yep. Totally awesome. Like, um, and, and I know exactly what you're talking about too, with the, uh, it's not really buyer's remorse, but like you kind of start to, to, to think about things like, okay, I spent all this money. Did I get a good one? Did I make a good decision and stuff? Um, I mean, there's always, I don't know. I feel like personally, there's always gonna be somebody with something nicer. So as long as you personally are happy with, with it. And like you said, you enjoy all of the, you know, capability that it provides to you and the experience it provides to you. I think that that's, you know, as long as it legitimately actually is a functional device that gives you a good image to some degree, like that should be enough. You know, so we have a, we, we obviously you've been, you know, interacting with us on Instagram and stuff and, and we post a lot of, you know, kind of like blog style in an Instagram post, like, you know, stuff about night vision. We have one that's called, uh, I think the title of it is like, you know, our tube specs about performance or, or are they about value? And when you really get down and analyze it, I think it could be either one, depending on who you are, but for the majority of the market, it's about value. It, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. Um, it matters, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It matters in context to to everything else. You know, I paid this much and I got this number. You know, and and when I look at it, it looks awesome and it looks better than my you know buddies when you know in this lighting condition or whatever. Like it's it's about value for most people. It's not necessarily about the performance because really, when you break it down, the performance uh, gaps between current production tubes, uh, whether regardless of the manufacturer, regardless of the grade, all that stuff. They're not that crazy. I mean, sure, you, you, with an experienced eye with hundreds of hours can tell differences and they do have some field implications um, depending on, on what you're doing. But when you really boil down, you know, through all the BS and, and, and everything else and all the psychological elements of it, like, you know, we're, we're human. We, we naturally like, you know, are attracted to value and things like that. Um yeah, it's it's just you know they're not they all are pretty darn good at letting you see in the dark if you're talking about stuff that was made in the last you know year or two, um, mm -hmm. regardless of what it is. So, yeah, and and really when you think you you mentioned your wife, I want to I, I want to yeah. mention that too because like a lot of guys are like yeah I got to convince the wife and all that stuff and um it's a kind of like a you know a, Dude, <laughs> for the most no no shit Duncan straight up told me when he was on he actually has the ability or has done for people like printed out like a free giveaway like certificate <laughs> that he includes in the box the guys like will email and request and he's like yeah yeah well I'll throw it in there if that's gonna help you out man sure and I'm like that's <laughs> That's, that's the real move there. That's, that's awesome. Duncan's ruthless, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. So what I wanted to say was um, the, you know, showing someone who has not, who has had zero experience with image tube based night vision. I'm not talking about digital. I'm talking about what we're using, what we're talking about here, image tube stuff, modern, um, no experience with that. You show some, you hand someone night vision. They're not, not going to be amazed. And you know why that is, is because it is, not uh it's not digital it's it's a it's literally like almost magic on earth it's components designed for you know so specifically designed for a specific purpose of letting you see in the dark by you know 
multiplying, um, you know, photons and, and electrons and all that stuff, all the science part of it. Uh, it's, it's so well developed and, and just now like image tubes are, are so effective that you just can't help when you look through them, especially if you don't know anything about them to just be absolutely amazed. I mean, there's no latency. Um, your visual acuity now is like barely changed at all. Like if you have 20, 20 vision during the day, a lot of modern night vision, like current production stuff, well, mm -hmm. your visual acuity is like almost unchanged. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like you'll never not get someone who's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah. Then no, they really and, start to understand. And, and the technology and like, to your point, you know, like it's, it is, it is so far advanced to the point where, like you said, in the last year or so, it's, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think people will get, get twisted up about, um, you know, like white FOS versus green FOS and, and, and the stats and everything. And it really, you know, I even had, I had one person when I was talking, and this is probably, I don't know, it was like a, maybe within a month, honestly, of me, of me buying night vision straight up just told me like, don't worry about the the stats. Just don't worry about it. Yep. And I was like, well, <clears throat> I'm spending a bunch of money. This seems like an awfully poor piece of advice. <laughs> to a friend. Uh, but the more I get into it, the more I look and I'm like, all right, as long as this thing's not a total turd, you know, like something that's like, a, I don't know, like a reman or I don't even know if you guys, if the industry even has anything like that, you know, uh, sure, like yeah. interact defective unit or something, uh, you, you probably won't be able to tell the difference, you know, really. I mean, it might be a little bit, you know, it might have less, um, like, uh, spots in it or imperfections, but it, it truly is. I think, you know, we can't really tell the difference, especially if we haven't spent a ton of time behind them. Yeah. You really have to have quite a bit of experience to be able to, you know, immediately discern and even understand what you're seeing. That's, you know, visual processing is not the same for everybody. It's, it changes based on your experience. Um, and of course, you know, your, your physiology with your eyes and everything like that. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily understand you know, they can look at two very, you know, different as far as numbers go tubes and, and, you know, think like, well, they look different, but they're not able to put into words what is different about the two images. So it, it really does take, you know, a decent amount of experience to even be able to articulate and understand and process, you know, where the differences are and, and what even that means for, you know, based on how you want to use them and all that stuff. So really at the end of the day, the conclusion is, yeah, it's, our, our advice to customers, for example, is like your buddy said, don't worry about all that stuff. You know, we, as in, in our position, we can't say that we can't say, don't worry about it because, you know, it's a lot of money. Like you, you, yeah. you do, you owe it to yourself to worry to a small degree about, you know, all elements of, you know, how you spend your money, this amount of money and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, what it really comes down to is we tell people get something that is, you know, made in the last maybe one or two years, as far as the image tube production, you know that the ma the manufacturers already have minimum uh, tube specifications that vary based on the tube grade and, and a lot of times the cost. Um, they're already held to a specification that's based on you know the the DoD and and how they negotiate you know those performance parameters with that's a good uh, point. The image tube community. I mean, they've already done all of the legwork that needs to be done. To be honest with you, um, to determine minimum quality standards. And just know, and, you know, beyond that, just get something with, you know, good, good warranty that you have, you know, kind of like the full scope of 
you know, it's, it's a new production tube. It's got a data sheet. Like I know where it came from, you know, it's not been passed through multiple hands and, you know, passed off as new or something like that from a, from a reputable outfit that will support you after the fact, because it, you will have the questions like after you get it, if you think you have the questions, you know, beforehand, wait until you actually see it and start, you know, using it, you'll, you'll have the questions for sure. And maybe, you know, some people take those to their buddies and their night vision group and stuff like that, but we can also feel those too. So that's, I think that's way more important than, you know, um, looking at, you know, trying to micro analyze every little number and, you know, all that stuff, but some people just nerd out on that and that's cool too. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think where a lot of people get hung up and is not necessarily in the minutia of some of those stats and details, but there's just questions between like, um, like I know, for instance, I was told by gen three, you, 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 you know, as long as it, green FOS, white FOS probably doesn't matter, but by gen three, but then you know, you're looking and you're, you're uh, bargain hunting or at least trying to, you know, gather your options put together and you see stuff like gen two plus, and it's like almost marketed to be like, well, it's kind of like gen three. It's just, you know, like $800 or a thousand dollars cheaper. Um, and I, I remember when I saw it, it was like on a very, I mean, not like completely sketchy, but felt like somewhat sketchy, like military surplus store online. And it's like, oh yeah, $1,800. I'm like, why is this so much cheaper than everybody else? And it's a surplus store, but you're saying it's new. It's not impossible, but like, so, so I guess my question really is, what is, do you know about that? Like what does gen two plus mean? Um, and is it, I mean, is it really a, a big step down from three? Yeah. Yeah. The answer is kind of like, it depends. So, because the generational structure that everybody references was something that was, you know, again, come up with, you know, by the U S government and, and the department of defense. And, um, you know, that generational structure again was designed based around the interests of one user, which is, you know, the government. And now the reason why, for example, we don't see like gen four or whatever is because, you know, the technology has advanced so far that we essentially we've come to the conclusion that it doesn't make a lot of sense to, you know, define new generational structures and rather just uh, improve performance of, of what the current, you know, generational structure is because we have so much inertia around it, so much capability there. And like Gen 2 Plus, like we're talking about something that is um, an older uh, um generational architecture that was defined, you know, it has to be like, use a certain, um, you know, chemical compound in the photocathode and uh, of the of the image tube. And that was considered like, you know, a gen two, um, you know, uh, uh, framework tube, uh, gen two, and then you get gen two plus, which is kind of like taking like an older, you know, less relevant um, tube technology and, and makeup, and and seeing if we can push that further. And, uh, you know, rather than, than investing more in gen three. And so it's just kind of like, different ways to, you know, kind of approach the problem of how to keep getting better and better performance and, or driving down costs, of course, is important too. So um, most people will talk about gen two plus in relation to photonis. Um, I don't even know for sure exactly if photonis really, you know, markets gen two plus exactly. I, I would assume that they probably don't because just as humans, we're going to think like, oh, that's less than three. So it's not as good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but in reality, you know, photonist technology is very impressive and, and in many ways, you know, is, is not only comparable with gen three, but in some, you know, scenarios and aspects, it will exceed gen three. So, you know, it's, that's more kind of like institutional stuff that's been passed down, you know, and just lives on forever on the internet, like, you know, gen two plus and all these terms and stuff you said, you know, the platitude just, just by gen three, well, even, even that is a little, 
you know, it's a little bit of a dangerous platitude because there's Gen 3 tubes out there that you can go buy that are 25 years old that still function. Seriously. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that the, the time gap was that like, yes, I guess thinking about it, it makes sense because that would have been roughly not exactly right. Like war on terror starting and stuff. And I know Gen 1 is real dinosaur type stuff by comparison. But I, yeah, I didn't realize that that was uh Wow, when you put that in perspective, that's like a real kick in the ass there. That... Right, and it's not to say that those those old Gen two uh, Gen three tubes are bad. It's it's just you know it, it, that's where you start to see you can you can actually see it without much experience. Like you could see a visible difference between a nineteen ninety eight you know Omni four um, ITT tube or something like that, an F ninety eight hundred or whatever uh, versus like you know today's cutting edge you know L three unfilmed um you know super tubes or whatever uh we, we've even done some testing and, and showing of people that like on instagram through imagery like uh we did a post actually i think our our most popular like post post on instagram in terms of like number of likes and engagement and stuff like that is something that i never really uh saw coming it was just um a look at like a i think it was like a 22 year old gen 3 tube that came in and for like a for service and like a pair of goggles you know somebody wanted them cleaned and, and purged or whatever and uh and we took that and, and kind of tested it on uh one of our you know test machines that we we imaged that like in a little video that too the really old gen 3 one versus like the newest you know latest like highest spec one we had just you know sitting around and and just showed people like what does that actually look like you know something that big of a time gap you know obviously the specs and the numbers are going to be way different although the old tube of course didn't have those specifications spelled out because that was kind of pre pre-data sure. sheets um you know and, and the reaction to that was you know everybody was super interested in that because it's like really cool you know stuff to just visualize and see but people had different reactions to it some people were like you know wow it's crazy you know the how different like gen one or gen three you know of before to gen three now is and other people were like man that's that's actually not that different like i'm surprised um that you know the 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 cost of buying one of those you know real old tubes versus like the current cutting edge like is pretty big um, but when you visualize the difference, you know, some people have that reaction. They're like, well, that's not that big a deal. Um, and that's just, you know, where the market is. Like there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there. There's different avenues that you can go down and, you know, different rabbit holes and stuff. And, and part of that is what makes it so interesting and fun, but also, you know, part of it is what makes it, you know, kind of, um, daunting and, and challenging. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's what you're saying, like that, that, uh, close comparison between modern and he's like 22 years old. Right. Um, it's, it kind of just really, I think, uh, kind of beautifully, right. Articulates how a lot of these hold value and how you see a lot of people step into a PVS 14. And then a year or two later, they sell it on the secondhand market to somebody who's in the same position they were trying to get in, you know, and maybe trying to save a couple of bucks and they, you know, parlay that into a set of binos and and so on and so forth. And, uh, it's, and, and I guess that's, you know, you can take some solace in that as a first time buyer, like, Hey, you're probably not going to get all your money back, but you're not going to like lose your shirt on something like this. They just, yeah. they don't, you're, it's not something that depreciates quickly. It's not like, Hey, I bought this Glock for 600 bucks. Now I want to sell it. I'm probably not gonna get more than three for it at a shop or four on the open market. Cause it's just, it's just a Glock. Um, it just doesn't work that way. You know, uh, they, these units hold their value and yeah, you know, I honestly feel like for the, I think I picked mine up for like 20 hundred bucks. I feel like I'd have no issue selling it for 25 tomorrow. Right. It, it's, 
it's kind of cool in that regard. Um, you kind of know that if you ever wanted to pull the ripcord and just get out of it and make your wife happy or something like you, you could. Um, yeah, for sure. That's, that's always been a thing. And, uh, you know, my reaction to all that is it, it just goes to show you just how absolutely incredible, you know, I'm going to be like a broken record by the end of this, like how incredible <laughs> Im- image intensification technology is. It's like literally almost like, you know, divinely handed to us, like the, the most perfect, like way to see in the dark we've developed, you know, and, and now can use. And, and that gets into the discussion of like, you know, what's, what's next on the horizon for night vision, yeah. you know, are, are all these systems that you're going to go spend, you know, five, 10,000, $15,000 on, like, are they going to be obsolete in, in a couple of years? And the answer is absolutely not. Like they, this, this stuff is so effective at what it was designed for that it is, mind-bogglingly hard to replace and and sure you know digital technology and digital night vision um will have inroads into the market and will grow and you know um in some instances probably will you know eventually get there um but i'm talking like a long time be a while i mean it's gonna be digital for a a hot second if it was that big of a hot ticket i mean i i gotta believe it would have been here by now like viable you know it's gonna be a long time yeah right The, the 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 issue in my mind anyways, uh, is not that, that it's not possible. It's that we still have to, like, if, if we, you know, if somebody had like unlimited funds and time and, you know, no constraints whatsoever, like could digital surpass it? Absolutely. And it may, it may not even be that long before that would happen, but no, we don't operate like that. Nobody has unlimited resources and time and, um, you know, motivation and all these other things that are actually required to develop a true solution, which is, you know, head mountable night vision that lets you see in the dark with almost no drawback. I mean, you know, modern image intensification, of course it does have drawbacks. We all know that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the latency is, is zero. Um, the battery life lasts literally for, you know, like forever on a single battery. Um, the power consumption is almost nothing, you know, like it's really hard to compete with that to create another solution that is better than that to justify yeah. the expense of, of the development and then getting, you know, convincing people to switch over and all that stuff. Like it's so hard to do that. That's really what the challenge is. I think. It's pretty unique. Honestly, I can't think, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think of another industry where you've right? run into that wall where right. you're like, the product's just really good. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how to innovate further. I mean, we can, I mean, it's going to be a war of like millimeters here. We're at that point, but why push the next thing? It's not, you know what I mean? We're not, there's not a need for it. It'd be different, you know, if we were, you know, when, when gen two or gen three night vision obviously came around we were in a war and we needed to push for that better performance and things like that. It's just not here. The demand just isn't here. So I don't, I don't, you know, I know that it is getting more popular. You know, I've seen people kind of pushing those, uh, it's very cringy, but uh, like Sightmark does like uh, yeah. digital uh, night vision now, and people are getting all excited about that because they're like 800 bucks a piece. But then I'm like, well, you know, you could probably get like one pretty good PVS 14 for that, and you don't have to carry a giant battery pack strapped to the back of your head like a car battery or, you know, any of this other goofy stuff. And it's not going to have latency issues. And most importantly, your friends won't make fun of you for it. So, you know, maybe it's the better choice here. I mean, it, it is out there. Like you said, digital's there. It's just not. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I showed up to the range wearing a digital nod, I would probably get some shit from my friends. I really, I really <laughs> think. I, <laughs> I mean, you probably would. Yeah, realistically. Um, yeah, I mean, where it's going. And, and of course, I don't have all, all the answers, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I see it more of a... Um, 
a little bit more of a merging of of two things rather than you yeah. know one one or the other. Um, you know, digital overlays over top of you know image intensification is is a thing, and and that makes way more sense and is more you know viable and feasible, and it's being done already. Um, for the history of the night vision you know market up until you know the last few years, the commercial market has pretty much mirrored almost exactly what the military market has been interested in and has been doing, but that's, you know, changing and, and will continue to change. Whereas, you know, the military is now combining really complex digital and image intensification together and making technically complex solutions that are very, very expensive. And I'm talking about like orders of magnitude more expensive than what we're talking about here, where we think like, you know, five to 10 grand is expensive. You know, these are forty, fifty thousand dollar, you know, fusion systems with heads up displays and all this, you know, digital stuff in it. And that makes not only wow. the expense, you know, skyrocket even more, you know, out of attainability of the commercial market. Uh, it also creates technical complexity where you start to see like, you know, it, it becomes less and less of a perfect solution for one thing and more and more of a, you know, less perfect solution for a lot of things. And so I think we'll we'll kind of see some, some divergence there, but, but ultimately, you know, there's going to be digital and, and, uh, traditional night vision, you know, kind of merged together. Uh, but I think the commercial side really will focus more on, you know, as far, if you, if you're just, you know, your everyday night vision user, yeah. Traditional night vision is going to be here like forever. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see that changing. I mean, we'll always see, um, you, you always see changes, Right, but you—I don't think we'll see the the uh, we. It'll be, I would say, probably at this rate, right, probably fifty years before we see, even imagine the possibility of analog technology being replaced completely in this realm by digital. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, and and so I guess to I that, mean, I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. It would there would have to be something that would have to be discovered or developed. that is just so mind blowingly eat better you know like that gives you all those heads up things and and, and it have to come in an incredibly cheap package you know it'd have to be one of those like i don't know like iphone type you know revolutions within the the culture uh which i don't necessarily see happening either you know traditional night vision takes up you know requires almost no physical space it generates almost no heat it requires almost no power and it weighs on you know comparatively nothing very little yeah <laughs> i mean like <laughs> There's yeah, almost no you, no box that it yeah exactly like you know we we will make some improvements but as far as like the grand scheme of things like we've got it pretty well fit you know figured out and pinned down yeah so when people are getting into let's say you know that you get your first setup and we talk about what comes next buying out you know because uh, and that's always like the gut punch for a lot of people after is like hey I buy this PVS fourteen and guys are like you got to get a Wilcox G twenty four and you're like okay I mean how much is that. and you're like, dude, I have no money left. Like how, how am I supposed to F and do this? You know? And it's like, so the hobby itself, you know, is always, it is, it is just expensive, but when you get into it, um, because I saw like on the site, you guys have a lot of not just like here, here are some products we offer, but there's also like justification behind like why you need stuff like this, why this is important. And, you know, uh, (laughs) It seems obvious. You shouldn't have to say it. The stuff that's on Amazon is not just as good, but a lot of people you know, will <laughs> will go that route, you know. Um, and, and on some things, you can get away with it. Like, yeah, maybe your uh, like retention band or something that velcros to the top of your your helmet. 
okay, you could probably get away with an Amazon one of them. Um, you sure. know, so you probably, you know, beware stitching comes apart and there your retention is no longer re- retained. So, you know, buy from a, a quality company, but when people are getting into this, what are some of the first things that they need to look at? Like, let's talk about like mounting solutions. Cause there's a ton yeah. out there from USG options that are like, or USGI, I'm sorry, that are like 50 bucks and people go, that's great. And then you find out they're like really rattly and not necessarily the most uh, adjustable um, all the way up to, like I said, the Wilcox G24, which is, I will, I'll own this. I will own this. I do have a copy of a G24. And I use uh, a, a noise fighter uh, J arm. Yeah. Um, G24 was a gift from my youngest brother for Christmas. And it's actually been pretty decent so far. So like I will, I mean, it's, it's retained for sure. I will roll with it until there's an issue. Um, but I wasn't in a hurry to drop 500 bucks after, you know, 28 on the, uh, on the unit. And then I was like, Oh, I found this great deal on a D ball. So I got to have a laser. And I was like, well, I just spent four grand really, really fast. I need to yeah. slow down. <laughs> Yeah, it, it adds up quick. Um, the, the absolute core components, as far as like, you know, in, in this is, again, there's some opinion built into this. It's not set in stone. This is just kind of my sure. take on it. Stuff that you you need to have in order to not, you know, when you put it put these things together, you'll be like, okay, this is, you know, really awesome. And I don't immediately feel like let down in some way because either something's myth- missing or something's not you know, operating the way I thought it was are, you know, obviously whatever night vision, you know, you know, you, you kind of, you know, whatever fits your budget or your needs or whatever, like, you know, your choice. All right. You have that, you need, um, you need mounts. And if it's a PBS 14, that, that requires two mounts, right. The, the, the helmet mount and the interfacing arm or the J arm, um, you need some kind of headgear, obviously, you know, helmet, whatever to, to put it on, you know, it has to have the right kind of shroud to connect it all up for most people. That's just a bump helmet. Um, and then you, I think, you know, a, a must is, uh, and regardless of what the solution is, a must is counterbalance weights um, on the headgear. See, and because I, I was, I, I had people tell me like, oh, it's only a fourteen. You don't need a counterweight. No, I disagree. Man, I put that thing on, I was like, um, can I get away without it? Yes. Sure. Does this really feel like it's falling forward? Yeah, it it really and. So I got a counterweight, you know, pouch driver. Did I use all the weights? No, I didn't. I used like half of them, and yeah. now it feels pretty good actually like that's a myth i think you can get a, like i said people can get by without it if you're looking for somewhere to skimp but they're not expensive so like right. just, just get it yeah and you don't even i mean you don't even have to buy one you, you can make your own counterbalance weight it's 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 a requirement though in my opinion uh those are the main things like as far as like just the bare bones <laughs> excuse me they're just the bare bones of what you need. But then if you're talking about implementing it into the world of, you know, performance shooting and, you know, preparedness and all that stuff, um, you very quickly run up to, you know, the realization that you could, um, you know, aim and shoot a weapon with, you know, a rifle or whatever handgun with, with your traditional kind of day optics, assuming that mechanically speaking, they're like, you know, at the right height to actually even be able to do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you very quickly run up against the realization that uh, night vision is more about, you know, performance in night vision and, and success in night vision is a little bit more about kind of like owning and, and kind of modifying like the the photonic environment around you. And you do that with, you know, supplemental sources of light, ideally that other people can't see unless they have night vision. Um, and that means, you know, the, the infrared illuminator and the laser, uh, aiming laser. And so, you know, that's, it's a requirement in my opinion, if you're, you know, wanting to do 
range shooting preparedness, yeah. you know, all that, all that stuff. But if you're, if that's not what you buy night vision for, of course, it's not a, not a must then. Um, so those are the main things. I mean, as far as like what you can, you can run down nocturnalitygear.com and, and see, uh, you know, the stuff that we sell is like literally the stuff that I'm like, that's what you need. And, uh, you know, there's some, some variance in there based on budget and, and application, but like we only sell stuff that, I have personally like used, believe in, vetted all that stuff. Like that's, that's all, all we'll ever sell. Um, the, yeah. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but like uh, that, you know, that's it. Wilcox uh, mounts are, you know, a pretty safe bet. Um, the USGI stuff is for the most part, perfectly functional. And, you know, I've used my fair share of it. It just really goes down to, you know, it's your timeline. Like, is it an interim solution to something else? Or is this going to be the long-term solution, you know, that you're going to rely on to do X, Y, Z? That's really your call. Um, there's not a whole lot of like bad mounts out there that I've run into because honestly, there's not that many people producing them. Uh, and the people that do produce them are, you know, have their roots producing them for professional use. So it kind of goes back to like the image tube, you know, um, minimum specification thing. Like there's, there's better, you know, and worse, but like, you you can make do yeah. probably with whatever you want. We we just kind of focus on like stuff that, you know, is sort of no nonsense, fairly high end stuff that I've, you know, I would want to be using myself personally as a, you know, 10 plus year enthusiast user of night vision. Yeah. And that's I when when people ask me or when I start the conversation or whatever have you, you know, I uh, when you get into the night vision discussion, I've had it with like my brother, for example, I'm like, yeah, man, you should get a PVS 14. It's, it's absolutely awesome. He's like, yeah, but then I have to buy all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, you don't have to get a helmet. There are other options out there, but I'm going to tell you now, like you're probably still going to spend the same amount of money. Like you need some way to mount it to your face. Um, you don't, you know, most people don't have, a platform where we're mounting, you know, uh, night vision to the gun itself makes sense. And then everyone's always shocked to find out like, Oh, well, I'll just skip the bump helmet. And I'll get like a, what do you call it? Like a, a skull crusher or something. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. That's not a helmet. Sure. And they're like, wait, this is more than, you know, like a hardhead veterans, you know, bump helmet or something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it actually is more expensive. Like, but it's not a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Good job. Um, this is not cheap. I'm sorry there's to not, tell you that. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many shortcuts. Um, but it depends. It really on, isn't. Yeah, it it really depends on where you want to end up. Like we had an instance uh last night. This just popped into my head when you were when you were talking about this. Like we do want we all kind of want, you know, it seems like most buyers and stuff, we kind of want to end up in the same spot, which is night vision that that works really well and it's on our heads because that's ultimately where night vision works best. If it's you know attached to your head and you're not having to hold it in your hand like traditional binoculars or whatever. Um, but it's still super functional, you know, as a solution for stuff that doesn't, you know, need mount or, you know, head mount or whatever. Um, you know, that, that's not necessarily justification to spend all the money, you know, to only use like, say a handheld scanner, you know, night vision or whatever. But, um, when you, when, you know, some perspective is good too. Um, last night we had an instance here, uh, where I live where uh, we have those ring, you know, like cameras and stuff and, and on an oh, app, yeah. they'll, it'll update and say, you know, like in, in your immediate area, like if there was any, you know, instances or, or crime or whatever, and we got a notification that, you know, um, police, heavy police presence, uh, and then the next street down was, was like shut down. Police were recommending, you know, shelter in place because it was a residential area, um, you know, multiple gunshots, all this stuff. And it's, you know, it read like basically perpetrator on the loose, multiple gunshots. 
you know, so immediately I'm like, okay, just, you know, I'm, I'm less than one mile, you know, I'm, I'm a few hundred yards from apparently where this is happening. It sounds like somebody might be out there on the loose doing crime with a firearm. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, okay, PVS 14, you know, just kind of look out my, you know, in, into the, into the darkness out there, just make sure like, is this, is this dude running through my backyard right now or what, you know, are we good? Um, you know, that's, that's a justification well, he, though. Night vision right there. I'm not he, saying it's, he it's probably one, heard but... the, he probably heard the rumors of you being a cop and decided to steer clear. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. It was. yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to show up here. That's right. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it, it has more uses than, than just, you know, like, like that instance, there is a perfect, you know, you don't have to throw on the helmet and everything like, but good. So you can see what's going on in the yard. Or if you have dogs, like I have, my dog is Brindle. So he basically disappears into the night when we let him out after sunset. And it's like, all right, unless like, you know, I have a flashlight out. And if I just kind of like catch his eyes and I can see that glint, like I have no idea where he is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're in the middle of suburbia here in Michigan where I'm at. So I don't have to worry about like predators and stuff. But if you have small animals or you have livestock or something like clearly it's a different story. And just to be able to check on things like, yeah, pretty useful tool to have if you're protecting your investment, whether it is, you know, livestock or a family pet or your your home and property or the safety of your family. You know, it doesn't just have to be. I mean, it should be about LARPing, but it doesn't have to only be about. We all do eventually want to end up for it to be about LARPing. I think at the end of the day, like that's, you know, yeah, Yeah, that's, there's, there's cultural elements to it. There's, there's a uniquely American element to it. You know, that's just like, like we have, you know, use the phrase again, we have owned the night for, you know, the last 20 plus years. Like it's kind of like in our nature, really. Um, and, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, you know, that's, I'm all about that. So. Oh yeah. No. And yeah. that's when people ask me, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I didn't even own night vision yet. Um, it was, I want to say it was like the summer of uh, maybe 2022. Um, Cause it was, you know, we were just getting to the warmer weather. So like the lockdown stuff was letting up and at a, at a barbecue with friends. And I was like, yeah, you got the stimulus check. I bought a helmet. Like it was on my Instagram, whatever. And they're like, yeah, I saw that. What would you need that for? And I was like, well, I mean, Lord willing, eventually for night vision. She goes, and what do you need that for? I go, <laughs> well, for one, because this is America. And two, because it's awesome. You know, and I, I love when people tell me that, like, or ask that question, like, what do you need that for? I'm like, because this is America and I can like, yeah. and for two, turn on the goddamn news. Like, it's crazy out there. I'm not, you, why don't you have some would be a better yeah. question, you yeah. know? Uh, it is, it's, it's wild. And, uh, you know, getting into some of this stuff and figuring it out is, yeah, I mean, there's, there's steps to it and there's stages to it, but I think it's something like once people start, you know, if you were able to remove that price barrier and just show somebody like, Hey, this is how awesome this is. I bet a lot more people, you know, would like want to get into it and then go, I'm going to make the room in the budget for something like that. And just like, if there was, if there's some way to introduce somebody to it and not like, Hey, don't worry about what it costs right now. Like just, we'll get to that later. Just here, look at all the good things that this is going to do for you. Um, I will. So one thing I do want to ask you though, is around laser technology with night vision. Do you see that improving anytime in the future? Because I got to tell you, I am a little bit disappointed with the D balls illuminator. And um, from everything I read online, that's pretty much all the civilian market illuminators short of the mall, uh, which is like more than a lot of night vision. 
Yeah, that's that's a real uh, pain point in the industry, and it has been for the longest time. I mean, even civilian ownership of just regular, you know, the the class, you know, uh, iSafe class infrared lasers is, you know, that wasn't always a thing either. Um, you know, and, and companies in the industry have luckily, you know, made that happen in the past, and now we're, you know, here we are. But uh, we need more. <laughs> we need more options. Um, there, there's some innovation going on uh, with that, but you know, I think it's 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 going to be a continued pain point for a while. Um, you know, there's companies that are currently working on new stuff, but gosh, the development, you know, it takes forever. Um, there's you know, obviously the regulatory jumps to you know, or regulatory hoops to jump through with the FDA um, and the you know power regulations and output regulations for that. Um, you know, it's just it's it's just not a great situation that doesn't really look to me to be getting a lot better. So that kind of changes the whole, um, you know, you do have to kind of take it where most people have to kind of take it in stages. Like, you know, the night vision ownership, a lot of times will be the first step and, um, the, the infrared illuminator laser unit, like, like you said, the D ball is, you know, a lot of the D ball, uh, I say stuff you end up being somewhat disappointed with. And, um, to qualify that, you know, infrared aiming so there's the laser and there's the illuminator um mm -hmm. for for anybody listening that you know maybe isn't quite as familiar your your laser obviously is for aiming and that there there is no real power requirement for that as far as like you need a certain amount of power like because you're using it in conjunction with night vision um talking about the infrared one at least uh the night vision is going to to intensify a very low output you know beam and make it visible to a, about a half mile the 0.7 milliwatt infrared laser, you can see real far away. So that's not the issue. The issue is the illumination, which is, mm -hmm. you know, used for all kinds of things, um, you know, potentially target identification, which is obviously very important. Um, and that is kind of where the issue is. So, you know, some companies have stepped up and, and taken it from a different approach and said, okay, we're just going to develop an infrared illuminator just by itself. It basically looks like a flashlight and it's just another flashlight that you can you know, either attached to your gun or, you know, do whatever with handheld what, uh, helmet mount, whatever. And, um, and that is kind of like a half measure, but it, but it is useful in its own way. Um, Not like the, it, uh, it, was it the, the Kaiji or Kiji, whatever for the, that's, uh, BE Myers makes. Yeah. There's the Kiji. Um, there's, uh, there's another company, um, who's, who's making an, an LED, um, infrared illuminator kind of standalone. And, and a lot of it is based around kind of like existing, you know, platforms for like Surefire and stuff like the heads, like you can just kind of swap in and out. And so, yeah. you know, th there are things underway to help kind of alleviate it, but, you know, at the end of the day, this kind of goes back to like the point we made earlier, like, you know, it all kind of comes back to LARPing, like at the end of the day, <laughs> like we really just kind of want like something that's pretty efficient and compact and can put on your, you know, on your weapon you know, and get the job done. And a, and a lot of this, you know, civilian class, quote unquote, um, uh, illuminators don't necessarily do everything that you, you know, need them to do. And there's not a lot of way around that except spending a lot of money. Um, so yeah. for everybody out I mean, there, you know, you gotta, you gotta plan for it. Um, until something yeah, better comes along, but we don't know when that's going to be. It's not, it's not an easy solve. I don't think, I know a lot of guys have said like, um, what is it like the surefire uh, vampire light, you know, in mm -hmm. conjunction with a laser unit is a good kind of like, I don't want to use, I don't want to say like a band-aid solution. Right. You know, but it, it's it usable closer um, or the, you know, the D ball D two, but the thing is so freaking, I could not bring myself to spend 
$1,200 on something that ugly and that massive uh, to put out on the end of my rifle. I just couldn't do it. Uh, some days I regret it because I've seen the videos of like the, hey, look how bright this damn, uh, you know, illuminator is. And then you can get like the, I think it's villain weapon systems makes that diffuser. And then it's even better. I'm like, okay, maybe I am a dumbass. Maybe I really should have just gone for the ugly one with better performance. Um, but <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't, do you have a recommendation on the civilian side? If if you can't get access to like a, an Engal or, or something like that, that, that really are the, they are better lasers because they don't have the restrictions, right. same restrictions. Um, what do you have a civilian side laser recommendation? Uh, for for stuff that's more attainable for for kind of the average user, I was going to say maybe wise. not the mall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the mall is the easy answer. Yeah, the mall. You know, and and now the the um, the Wilcox Raid XE has a civilian version. Thank you, Wilcox, for coming in. And you know, it, it's the same price as the mall. It's not like they've lowered the barrier entry, but at least there's another you know kind of choice another out option. there. Yeah. yeah, right. But uh, if we're talking about you know not something that costs as much as a PVS fourteen. Um, yeah, my recommendation is, uh, I'll, I'll give you two. One is, the, is the, of course, the D2. You know, you already mentioned that one. Um, the performance on those are insane because of the LED technology in them. It's not a, you know, the other D-balls like the A3 and um, and, uh, and other popular lasers are an older um, edge-emitting laser, which, you know, it, when you throttle that down to the FDA-required output levels, you know, they're just... Um, Anemic. Yeah, a little bit, you know, in certain conditions and, uh, and, and the, the LED, you know, just absolutely blows them away. The other one, and, and this isn't as good of a recommendation because it's not widely available. Um, you can still get them. Actually, we still have some, but, um, you know, they're just not widely out there anymore is the D ball A4, which most people probably don't even know what that is. Um, I do. it's, oh, you do. Okay, great. Yeah. I know so, that. It's, it looks like a mutant cousin between the A3 and the D2. It does exactly. And <laughs> you're going to laugh, but this is, I mean, I'll, I will die on this hill. Like uh, this is one of my favorite laser illuminators. And I think a lot of people, when they hear me say that, like, okay, this dude's officially stupid. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I was with him up until he said the A4 is good. Yeah. Um, there's like professional trainers that are like, man, you know, the A4 is terrible or whatever. And I'm in the background, like, Oh no, don't say that. Cause I love it. Um, but for real though, it's got, I'll make the case for it. It's got a, uh, the same LED illuminator technology in the D2, but it has two of them. It has the spot one, super powerful, beats a PEC-15, beats the mall, beats just like the D2 does. I mean, you, you really, you compare them and it's like the, there's an obvious one that's better. Um, and it's the the D-ball. Um, but it's also got a flood one like the mall does. Two separate infrared illuminators, a flood one, which is wide and short for um, inside of uh, buildings, interiors, you know, around a lot of obstacles. You don't want that giant bright hotspot where everything else is kind of dark around it. You want something tame and, and wide to give you more situational awareness. So it's got that. Um, of course, it has the integrated white light, which is what a lot of people don't like about it. Um, I could take it or leave it. It's 500 lumens, you know, whatever. It's it's about as good as a Surefire X300. You know, it's it's not great. It's not bad. Um, it, but one of the good things is when you, when you combine all those, and yeah, it is kind of fugly and it's big, um, it weighs less than a mall and a surefire together. It weighs less than some of the other units in a surefire together, but you have it all in one. But the best thing about it is the controls. You can control, you can do all of your lighting from basically, if you set it up right, you can do all of your lighting, visible, infrared, flood, spot, all that stuff from two buttons and you never have to change the dial on the back. No one knows that because uh, no one's ever taken the time to like, you know, mess around with it and, and figure it all out. Um, it, but it's pretty cool, man. And, and the, the performance is insane. So that's kind of like my, 
you know, like my hipster pick for night vision, like the D ball a four, like super cool. Um, <laughs> where everybody else hipster. hates it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked but it yeah, before for, everyone loved it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I actually, it's just, I'm the only one that likes it. So, <laughs> uh, the D two is the actual answer, I think for, for most people still right now. Um, and you know, EOTech has the, the new laser, um, coming out the OGL, which, uh, you know, remains to be allegedly, seen whenever yeah, we, right, allegedly. Whenever I mean, it'll, yeah. it, it will get here. It'll just take way longer than most people, you know, kind of expected and it'll cost more than most people expected. But at the end of the day, it'll probably still be a very welcome, you know, usable and, and effective, you know, addition for us. Um, Vixel technology, you know, these, the, how's it? VCSEL. Vixel or yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. Um, I've heard, heard it pronounced Vixel. So that's what I say. Um, that laser technology now is, is becoming more um, mainstream and the infrastructure is there to, 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 you know, utilize that. And that, that technology essentially kind of gets around a lot of the FDA regulations on um, how, how those regulations are sort of written, like the letter of the uh, quote unquote law, which is not a law. Um, and and so the Vixel technology will help open that up, but it is a little bit more expensive. First off, which doesn't help our cause, and um, and it's it's relatively new, so like supply and demand is you know limiting things as far as that goes and development time and all that stuff. So in like five years, we should have a lot more. Yeah, um, eventually we'll get there. Yeah, like we'll get there, but you know, for the meantime, D ball D two probably, uh, and if you're cool, D ball A four. <laughs> right on, man. Well, hey, <laughs> Scott, this has been awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to, to sit with me and, and go through all this, uh, for as much as I like night vision, I still don't know a whole lot about it. So like I said, when I started always very happy to be able to sit here and, and, and pick, you know, the brain of somebody like yourself that just knows so much about everything going on. Um, before we wrap, can you just let the listeners know where they can find more information on, on you and what nocturnality is doing? Definitely. Um, so nocturnality gear on Instagram at nocturnality gear, uh, is kind of like the main hub as far as like daily interactions, information, you know, that we, all the info is published on Instagram first, you know, that's a big thing we do. We, we put out a lot of information comparisons, you know, all that type of stuff. And of course we sell night vision. Um, you can, you can review night vision on our website, which is nocturnalitygear.com. And, uh, those two things really are kind of the main, you know, how people interact with us and get in contact with us. So check those two out. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again. I, I look forward to, to be able to get you back on the pod and, and do this again and, and dive further into things. Uh, really, really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Let's do it again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Stay safe. All right, guys. So that was Scott from Nocturnality Gear. Uh, and already looking forward to being able to get him back on the pod, you know, with something like night vision, there's, there's so many different, you know, avenues that you can take it. There's so many, you know, just pieces of the conversation. It'd be so easy to go for another hour or even longer, right. And some of these discussions. So, you know, already looking forward to round two with Scott working on bringing him back on to get deeper into this conversation and, and share some, you know, information, hopefully beyond just the beginner use case and, uh, you know, and really answer some of those questions. I'm sure a lot of you guys have when you're listening to this conversation go, yeah, but what about this or what about that? Um, it's, 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 you know, for being technology that is basically not new, this is analog technology. It's not exactly cutting edge for what it is, but uh, it's still so new to so many of us. We don't have a whole lot of experience with it. Um, and we still very much do look to people like Scott that are industry experts to help educate us and, uh, and obviously provide us with, uh, you know, 
quality gear like this. I, I encourage you guys to check out Nocturnality and what they got going on. I've you know personally spent some time playing around on the site. Uh, they have information on there on training and you know rationale behind why you should buy certain gear. And even like Scott said in the discussion, they don't you know just partner with companies to sell you know products, to sell equipment, to sell you know helmets, whatever. This is actually stuff that he has used and you know is personally recommending based off of his own experience and and he actually believes in it and actually trusts it. Um, you know, and there's some good companies that do exactly that. You know, our friends over at Steel Industries, Duncan, they do a great job with that as well. But as with all industries, they're out there to make, a, you know, make a profit. So there are companies out there that do not do that. There are companies out there that will sell anything and everything in the name of making a profit and <clears throat> maybe out there to take advantage of customers. I'm not going to mention any by name, but we certainly know that in every industry, whenever there's money involved, there is always the chance that that's the you know that's what you're walking into. So, uh, really happy to be able to to talk with people like Scott, uh, you know, make connections with with guests like this, that, you know, work with companies like this that are out there doing great things for the community and spreading the good information and really providing access to tools like this that are you know as American as apple pie. Really, I mean, it's that's very corny to say and very you know kind of ridiculous to say it out loud, honestly, but it's very true. You know, Scott and I talked about it there for uh, just a hot second, but it's very American to own night vision. It's something that a lot of uh, other countries in the world don't necessarily have access to for a lot of reasons. Um, and it kind of falls in line with them not having access to firearms and military equipment. And, you know, those are a lot of restrictions that um, they have to live with day to day that we we don't as Americans. So. I really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, I, I was certainly looking forward to this one for a while, so very pumped that we we got this one out there. And like I said, really looking forward to round two with Scott and getting him back on the pod to you know to do more of this. Uh, hope you guys dig it and are learning. You know, if you guys have questions, please, as always, feel free to email us. Feel free to you know hit us up on Instagram. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, it's prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Uh, the follows help. All this stuff helps. We have a Patreon page. Same thing, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Every bit of support helps you guys, whether it's just a follow, a like, a subscribe on you know Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, it all helps us grow. You know, this is, you know, been amazing, the growth that we see and uh, what we're able to do with the kinds of people that we're able to bring on for discussion. So I sincerely hope you guys enjoy it. And we've got another awesome episode lined up, uh, you know, coming at you guys over the you know next week and, and the following few weeks. Um, really excited for the things that we have, you know, down the pipe here for for summer of 2023. But that's all for me, you guys. Uh, until next time. You guys hit out, get out there, hit the range. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. Mm-hmm.